Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at what the Saints did against the Lions the previous week, they notched up over 50 points on them. So, I mean, we were winning into the fourth quarter, had certain things went a different way, had better decisions. <laughs> oh. oh my God, this, this Facebook live chat with the skeleton faces just has me in ribbons. Uh. <laughs> I think it was it was the tea chatter. I think when you did the tea chatter, I think that's what I couldn't handle there. Did that get you? That got me. The thing is, you're gonna have to explain this now. Let's do that again. Let's try that again. I watch film, but I'd be honest. I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by Mio Buddy, Mio Pal. It's at Ryan Peacock NFL. What is going on, buddy? Stop that. Stop that. Just trying to match, just trying to match the energy you come in with. Because I know some weeks it just shocks me and I never know what to say. So I just thought I'd come in with some, uh, you know... Some brapping, some tug ting, some yeah. some London rap in it. Whatever that thing was, and, and ting and stuff. Mm. So man, them. You know, sp- spent one day in London, and now I'm gangster. Yeah, something like that. Hanging out with the man, them. So come here. Uh, how are you? How's it going? How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, tiring day yesterday, but well worth it. And uh, yeah, not sure I'm quite over the Green Bay thing yet, but. Uh, Maybe more angry about other stuff than the than the re, than the result. Yeah, but I'm sure we'll get onto that later. Bit a bit of a horror story. Do you know what? Actually, speaking of speaking of horror stories. Well, it is yeah coming up to uh, Halloween as well. So nice tie-in. Yeah, which I don't want to be in the house by the way because I've got a I've got a month old and you know he's only adjusting to this life. I don't need fourteen-year-olds coming up to the door because last year. I had so here's how naive I was. So last year was our first Halloween in the estate, and it's a bigger place than what I was used to growing up. So I didn't know what to expect. So I went out and bought Mars bars, Snickers, you know, all the nice stuff. Had it in. Didn't realize that there would be seven hundred kids on the dot of six o'clock. So they cleaned me out. Like the first maybe four groups just wiped me out completely, and had to go get other stuff. So first off. Kids were coming back twice, definitely coming back twice, right? Because they're wearing the same damn masks and the same height and all the rest. Second off is that I had these, like, I went out to Aldi, little, got the sort of cheaper stuff, right? Stocked up the place. I spent, like, 40 quid on bars, uh, stocked up the place, and then these teenagers came to the door. Like, these women, there were women. And they pillaged Okay. You. Yeah. So they, they came to the door, and they were like, hi, trick or treat. And I was like, oh, I don't think you're dressed up. I, I think you're texting on your phone. Like I, you could be at least nineteen years of age and have two kids at home. Yeah. Um, Not a convincing so zombie up. if you're messaging somebody on, on, yeah. on Twitter, is it really? That works. Maybe that's it. Yeah, social media zombie. Um, so she came up and I took out the little and Aldi stuff, and she was like, "Oh, he's has ran out of the good stuff." Put a face on her. I put the stuff in. She went eh, and then left. And I was like, "Oh my god, I spent forty quid on this." Do you not have a shrapnel jar? Like a no. jar full of coppers, no. So that's what you should do. Just give them like two or three coppers each and they can yeah. be on their way. 
Yeah, and imagine the heartbreak of those poor children. To be honest, I don't care. But anyway, that's not the horror story that happened to me. <laughs> we, we got sidetracked by Halloween. This happened to me last night, right? So we've transitioned the older toddler to his own bed now, right? So he wakes up from time to time and you've got to go in. And now instead of like poking your hand through the cot and sort of being like, okay, that's baby, that's fine. You calm down, go sleepies. And, you know, giving him his dody or whatever, sending him off to Napland. Um, now what you can do is he's in his big boy bed. So, you know, you, you can lie on the bed with him and then he dozes off. But last night... He, he can say a couple of words. He's, he's quite advanced for his age, right? I'm not being uh, subjective at all. I mean, completely objective. I'm not being a proud parent. I'm just being looking at this cold and analytically. But he's quite ahead of his, you know, he's, he's a far ahead. He's 18 months, but he can say a couple of words and he can say some sentences, some phrases. One of them is, is, where is she? Where'd she go? Okay. So we were in his room. He was going to sleep. Eight o'clock, pitch dark. He turns around and says, where is she? And I instantly think, Oh, there's he's saying his little phrases. That's cute. He must have been thinking about something that happened today. Then he goes, there she is. And I was like, what do you mean there she is? Sounds We're alone. Like you have a haunted house, mate. I think so. Yeah. Basically, I think so. That is the most... That, actually, do you know what? That's the second most frightening thing that can happen to you when you have a kid. Well, the th- hold on. That's the third most frightening thing that can happen to you when you're a kid. That one... If he sees somebody in the dark, and that's the second time he's done it in that room, by the way. So if he cries tonight, he's on his own. Um, he can fend her off on his own. The, the, the second thing that's the frightening thing is when all the kids have gone to bed, you go downstairs, you haven't eaten all day because we're running around after two kids. You kind of eat fast standing up at the sink, like Kinder Buenos and stuff. Yeah. And then they go to bed and then you're downstairs, you might grab yourself some cereal. And then out of nowhere, you hear, I love you. And one of these toys in the corner is going off. I'm telling like, you, you need you need to get a priest around there, man, and just start doing some, throwing some holy water about or something. Yeah, it's bad enough. Of course, that but, can make it worse, <laughs> but it can fix it. So, yeah, you know, you could open a portal to the other side, and more demons can come through. I'm just saying, it's the risk you got to take. Okay, I want to swear at you right now for putting the scaremongering up in here, Mister Man. Uh, but anyway. I'll, I'll refrain, right? The thing is, I another thing you have to remember as well, because I'm big into this whole ghost thing, that sometimes actually the, the, the demon or the spirit is not actually haunting the property, but it's actually haunting the person. So you might oh, actually yeah. be attached to that, and maybe they are haunting you directly. And it doesn't oh, matter maybe. where you move to, mate, that's going to follow you for the rest of your life. Well, look, I think the loser out of this is the person who's following me because, I mean, it's not very exciting. It's not that interesting. No. Imagine, imagine them listening all, all afternoon to us doing the podcast. They're like, oh, Jesus Christ, who are the Packers? I don't understand. I, I was dead since 1840. We have but a media reach me- of about 50,000. Everybody already knows it's not that interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Half our listeners are by ghosts. You know, he's telling his mates. But come here. The, the number one most frightening thing that can happen to you when you have a kid is, is that you haven't given a man to eat. But when you look at him, he's chewing something. That is the most terrifying. When you look at him and the jaws are gone and you're thinking, I haven't given you man to eat. That is the most frightening thing to ever happen because again, you get there. And then actually the second most frightening thing after that is, is he stops chewing and swallows. You know, you're kind of thinking. Or just chewing on a big old booger. Yeah. Booger, something off the ground, something poisonous. Look, I can't really relate to this because obviously I don't have children. But um, (laughs) I did at one point, decide that I was going to be a teacher and I went off to university and did a teaching degree in PE, sport and dance. Anyways, yeah. move on from that. Um, I was teaching a lesson of javelin. Now, javelin is the scariest lesson to teach at school because why? They have javelins. Impaled kids. Yeah, Yeah. well, or impale me. I don't care about the kids. It's me I'm worried oh. about. So, <laughs> Oh, why did you stop being a teacher? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't know. care about It, it wasn't long after this incident as well. I was like, yeah, I just don't know why I'm doing this. So 
basically, obviously, it's got to be the most regimented lesson. So most lessons are about make sure that everybody's moving around, stays active, everybody's heart rates are up. Yeah, good. Oh, we're all losing weight and getting healthy. Yeah, this is great. Mm. But in javelin, it's very regimented, kind of like the, um, I don't know, the Third Reich in Germany. You've got to be pretty dictatory on a javelin lesson, right? So Bad analogy, but we, yeah, terrible, we keep going terrible. quickly. So quickly, I don't know, Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, let's keep it current. Keep, no, no, okay. keep going, so keep going. You've got to keep it pretty regimented, okay? So it's very much pick up your javelin, back and throw. And then once it's thrown, everybody walk out to collect the javelin, right? So it's very, very, very stopped and very boring lesson to teach. But it's boring because that's how you stay safe, people. So I turn my back to walk out to get out of the way of the kids, this kid just chucks a javelin. Just out of nowhere. No instruction to do so. Just chucks a javelin and it literally goes past my face about a metre away from me. Perfectly thrown. I mean, don't get me wrong. Stuck in the floor. Nice. Good throw. A metre past me. A javelin with a sharp bit on the end. And that is my scariest moment when it comes to kids. And I also then just gave up teaching. But can they not, not just that, give them but... javelins with, with dull ends? No. Nah, because where would the fun be? And how do you get rid of the weak teachers? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I think you actually probably ended up in hospital. Uh, maybe that explains your face. <laughs> dig. That sounds like a dig. That's bad. That's yeah, bad. That that's bit, off the cuff. That's a bit harsh. That, that's along with mam jokes. Um, yeah. But you see, kids will do that to you. Like, because uh, Joan's, Joan's a teacher um, in, a, in a past life before, you know, she started firing out kids. And, uh, you know, all of her friends that's had hilarious. Way of putting it. Yeah, right. Um, all of her friends have hilarious stories. Like one girl, she was doing really, really well, but, you know, teachers have to get examined. So an examiner comes in, sits in to make sure that they're teaching the kids correctly or they get kicked out. And uh, the whole lesson was going really, really well. And the examiner down the back of the class was smiling, beaming. The kids were being glorious. And, you know, it looks like that their lessons were fantastic. And it all came down to this. The teacher goes, okay, uh, kids, well, what I want you to do is I want you to give me a name that begins with A. And someone would go, I know. And they go, yes. They go, Adam. And she go, perfect. And, all, and she was like, all right, I'll give them one more. So she went through a few of them and said, right, now give me a name that begins with W. And kid goes, I know, I know. And she goes, yeah. And they go, woes. <laughs> She's thinking, no, it's Rose. Just, you've got a speech impediment. This is terrible. So, you know. <laughs> you can't uh, laugh at that. You can't laugh yeah. at that. That's just, come on. That's terrible. It's the way kids talk. It's cute. You know what I mean? They have lisps and they have mm. speech impediments and they get rid of them. Not necessarily Jonathan Ross. But anyway, <laughs> um, should we talk Packers? We probably should. So, yeah, look, all those horror stories aside right now, um, that, you know what? Our Twitter account was a bit of a horror story uh, during and after the game. People just want us to, they kind of want us to, to sack everybody. Everybody. Um. It's been difficult, not just our Twitter account, but actually all across the internet, any any forum that you're a part of, a group you're part of, whatever. It's, I mean, come on, guys. What what did we want? What did we? I mean, okay, I'll start that again. What did we want? Obviously, we wanted a win. We get that. But what did we expect, really? I mean, look, our defense, our defense wasn't terrible, but everybody wants, you know, the whole capers thing sacked. Everybody on the defense terrible. Replace everybody. Um, people are pointing the finger at McCarthy, people are pointing the finger at Brett, so on, so on, so on, right? Mm -hmm. But Brett, after one week's training, managed to produce some really fine plays, I thought, at the time, and look very good and be effective, okay? His completions were down. Yes, he didn't complete many yards, and his passing yards were very poor. I get that. But 
Did we really think after one week's practice, the guy that's been practicing mainly this season with the the practice squad or or the you know the the backup team, did we really think he was going to come in and have that kind of rapport with his receivers and running backs that Rogers has with his? And then let's remember, Rogers and and, and Martellus Bennett haven't made that that haven't got that rapport going haven't got that going after six weeks and we want Hundley to come in and do everything after just one. Yeah. You know, I think we kind of got a temper our expectation there. McCarthy, he gets blamed apparently now for not letting Hundley open up and not getting the play call in right. They had to come in with a game plan, develop a playbook, if you like, that suited Hundley and his skill set, which is different to Rogers. Okay, they have a lot of similarities, but it is a different skill set. And they had to do all that inside a week. And then and then because it didn't come together, let's sack McCarthy. You know, who do we want? Let's bring Jeff Fisher in. He's probably available out there. Let's bring that guy in. I mean, I don't think he's ever had a winning season, but, you know, let's just sack McCarthy. And then, of course, the sack capers guys were out. I mean, we spoke about this before. He's not going to get sacked. It's not going to happen. So unless you just got upgraded on Twitter to 280 characters and have characters to waste, you might as well save them and come up with something else. Okay? So... What did our defence do? They did create turnovers. We had two interceptions. And yes, the biggest one that I can probably agree with, we didn't get enough pressure on the quarterback. We had just one sack. I think it was Nick Perry. Yep. But the Saints O-line played it pretty well. Okay? They're not they, they when when it comes to putting pressure on a quarterback, it's not simply a case of saying, We're gonna turn up today and pressure the quarterback. There's a huge bunch of guys standing in the way and their job is to stop you doing that. And, and and on that day, they just performed better than us. You know, one thing we did do and one thing that no one's really talking about because we're all too busy maybe being negative, we developed a sound running game and appear to have found a real diamond in the rough in Aaron Jones. I mean, number 33 managed to get himself 131 yards on the ground and a touchdown and look good doing it. I mean, we haven't had... I mean, we've joked, haven't we? We could have had Walter Payton back there... Um, Walter Smith, uh, well, sorry, Walter Payton or Emmett Smith or any of those sort of guys back there or Adrian Peterson is prime and, and they wouldn't be able to run in our team but then we found this guy called Aaron Jones and he can do it and he looked very good and we should be positive about that. We found something that could really help us if we're going to have problems in the passing game. We've found something that's really going to help us in the run game. So when you see people tweeting to, to sack McCarthy, Capers, Ted and even Mark Murphy I saw today, sack them all because we lost one game to the Saints after losing the best player in football. We need to leave that out, okay? Anybody listening to this now is going to think I'm being naive to the issues we're facing, um, but we're not. I, I just think the infighting between fans on social media and fans giving up on the season and fans calling to sack everybody, I just think it's madness. At the end of the day, the old saying goes that we're green and gold until we're dead and cold, and we're not dead and cold yet. It's easy to have faith in yourself and have discipline when you're a winner, when you are number one. What you have got to have in is faith and discipline when you are not a winner. And who said that? I'm sure you can answer that. Big old Vince. The great, the great Vince Lombardi. And I'm sure everyone can answer that at home. But now let's just have some faith in that man's words, okay? Because we all talk about Lombardi's great words, but right now we need to listen to them. The season continues. We have a bye week. The players will get work done. They'll rest. They'll get smarter. They'll get healthier. And we need to support them. We pride ourselves on being the greatest fans in the NFL. And now it's time to show it. We need to join together, 
get behind number seven, get behind Coach McCarthy, TT and Mark, because they've got our backs and it's our turn to have their backs. And that is where I'm at. So I'm sure that's going to open me up to plenty of negativity. Um, but right now it's time to wear the green and gold and get behind the team. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Because, um, again, looking at the game last night, I again, we kind of got what we expected, right? I mean, Brett Hundley was never going to go out and throw for you know, 500 yards and all the rest of it. Um, if you want to break down the defense, because that seems to be what peeves people. And I can see why, because it seems yep. that the Saints could convert third and long all day. I think there was a third and 17 and they converted that. But when you actually break down some of those plays right now and I've looked at it, they come down to individual errors. So uh, the person that kind of grinded my gears all night and I said it to you sort of behind the scenes and then I, I put it out on the group Twitter, not mm-hmm. to be negative, was Kevin King. Um, and you said Jesus, he, yeah. you know, he must have been doing something. And he's your bad. boy. Yeah, exactly. He, he's my guy, yeah. right? Um, now, not that I'm sort of naively and blindly gonna follow whatever King does, uh, but certainly he made some boo boos on the night, uh, particularly on that touchdown to Gin. Uh, I think he uh, made a balls of that, and then to that long third and seventeen, it was King again who made that error on that. Um, then twice on the night himself and Bryce did the first one. Uh, where the wide receiver went down untouched. Bryce actually vaulted him not to touch him. And then King just sauntered around. And it was only uh, Devon House who ran over and tapped him down. So that's kind of a rookie mistake. You know, I mean, that's not something that Dom Capers can be in on game time and say, lads, you need you, you need to do it. Obviously, he's telling them in the background, this guy is still playing college rules. And not only did he get shouted at then uh, by Devon House at the time, um, the same happened with Clinton Dix. So... Uh, he did the exact same. The, he made a massive reception. Yeah. I think it was in the third quarter. And he didn't tap the guy down. He got up and then made the first down. And you can see Clinton Dix again shout at Kevin King to say tap him down. That's what you have to do. So how you can attribute that to Dom Capers in game time is beyond me. So then if you want to talk about people saying, you know, we had no pass rush. The defense sucks. That sack that Nick Perry got uh, last night, again, I think in the third quarter, second, third quarter, uh, was only the fifth of the season for the Saints. So the Saints O-line is doing a stellar job and this is what they're good at. You know, like if you look at uh, the two mm-hmm. dangers that they had and, and what the most purchase that they had on us on the day was their two running backs, Ryan. And that's because their O-line is able to open running lanes um, and they're also able to protect the quarterback. So, I mean, that's a dual threat. So you have someone running and let's on you all day. Fa- let's face it. If they can afford to let Adrian Peterson go, then the two running backs they've got in Ingram and, and Kamara must be pretty good. They are. They're brilliant. They're a tandem. They call them uh, thunder and lightning going into this. The last time I've heard that spoken about is about the the Packers. So, you know, from back in the day when they were winning championships. So, that, you know, that's a lot to be said. So then you're dealing with a fantastic goal line. Uh, you're dealing with a defense trying to get after them. The two highest graded players on pro football focus for the Packers were Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. They were stout against the run all day, but we still got ran all over in important plays. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a telltale sign there. And then when it comes down to the Saints offense, um, you know, what were they, seventh best coming in? So they were a top 10 offense. And then we have a guy, Brett Hundley, who's trying to come in and compete with that. And people are saying it was an yeah. ultra conservative uh, play call. But Brett Hundley, according to uh, Rob Domofsky on ESPN, uh, made four passes over 15 yards downfield and none of them were completed. Now, you might put that all of that on Hundley. Um, you know, it comes down to the playbook as well. But on top of all of this, 
uh, we had tweets coming into us from journalists saying that, oh, if anybody's wondering, the wide receivers aren't getting open. Now, I have a quote here from Randall Cobb that says different. He said, Jordy and Devontae got on top all day. There were a few inside as well with myself. We just have to continue to build that chemistry with Brett. Now, to these lads now, to Jordy and Devontae and Cobb, maybe them getting on top all day is getting that slight millisecond of separation where a back shoulder throw might work. And that's something that Aaron Rodgers can exploit. But you can't ask somebody who's... I know he's been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a long time. But you can't ask a quarterback like Brett Hundley, you know, to be able to make that. And I can guarantee you, and I believe this was said before the game, Mm -hmm. that the playbook was going to be simplified for Brett Hundley. He was going to be asked to make two reads. And after those two reads, then just to see what else is open or make a play with his legs. So if you're asking a guy to make two short reads, which are going to be short in the slot or, you know, throwing into the in the flat or whatever, you know, passing off to the running back. I mean, if they're the place that you're asking him to make first and then see what's open, you know, I mean, look, yeah. the fact to me, and I'll, I'll end my sort of uh, rant onto your rant here, Ryan, is that they were going to stack the box because we're going to expect the run. Aaron Rod- Aaron Jones, uh, sorry, made excellent purchase. He made, he was 7.7 yards per carry attempt yeah. is what this guy was running, which is just Unbelievable. ridiculous, right? We found a diamond in the rough here. Ty couldn't get out and going. So that shows that A, our O-line was was able to break open line, lanes, which we said that maybe they weren't capable of doing because it didn't, didn't matter who we had back there. But now that we've proved that... I thought uh, the O-line looked pretty good. Really good because they slowed some of the stuff down and showed yeah. you know somebody, somebody O-line making some fantastic blocks to make Aaron Jones do that run up the middle, which is where he got the first playoff for like ridiculous yards and then scored that first touchdown. That, that was that play up the middle. So I don't think it was a bad game. I think people have to... You know, all all things considered, not an Aaron Rodgers game. And let, let, I think let's remember as well. Until right towards the end, we were winning. We were winning into the fourth you know? quarter. And it, was, yeah. it was only it's only late we got done, and we still had an opportunity to win as we went towards the end of the game. And yes, okay, their final drive sort of took a lot of the energy out of the game, but mm. we were in that game for quite a long period. Yeah, yeah, we were winning. And into I think the to be quarter. fair, we always said, didn't we? We always said, didn't we? That we got the Saints game and what happens, happens. Then we got the bye week and then we'll be ready to play. Yeah. So let's see what happens. And I think we just got to all stay positive and get behind the team. Yeah. Everyone needs to relax. We're going into the bye week. We're going to get healthy. going to get that chemistry. So anyway, look, I think after after the mini rants that we've been having Deep breath. and we've kind of broken down the game already, let's let's do something we haven't done in a while. Let's, let's, let's do this. Meet the flag. Well, hey, Rhino, how long is it since we've heard that music, buddy? It's been a long time since we heard that music, and it's glad I'm back long. again. It's been way too long. Yeah, it only means one thing. We, we, well, we, the thing is, though, we we have saved it up for a pretty special fan of the week, haven't we? Because this guy came to Green Bay with us. Um, an absolute pleasure to be with. Uh, a huge Proclaimers fan. Um, you know, and and. Just, yeah, one of the best. Do you have to insult the guy straight off the bat? Alan Davidson, can you come in here and put this guy straight, please? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'll take the Proclaimers fan away from you. Hate yeah, them. I, I thought you might. <laughs> Unfortunately for Alan, that was levelled at him pretty much the whole trip, I think. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I think we, we even sung it at the tailgate party. Yeah, which is a shame. But Alan, uh, we can tell from your voice... You've got the gorgeous lilt of a Scotsman. So can you tell us who you are, where you're from? 
Um, my name's Alan Davidson, and I'm from a place called Broxburn in West Lothian, Scotland, which mm. is just outside Edinburgh. Right, and is it true that when you're a Scotsman and when you talk to a non-Scotsman, that every time you say, oh, hey, I'm from Scotland, then people go, oh, I'm from Scotland as well. Does that annoy you? Eh, not really. No, <laughs> you don't get a lot. But now, Al has built like a brick watt house, right? So I doubt anybody slags him off too much. And Ryan's getting Ryan's a big lad, and you're getting very brave over the phone. Uh, but I suppose what we want to know is, Al, like how did, you know, Cheesehead Nation, how did Pack Nation reach you? in Scotland. When did you become a Packers fan? Are you, are you a long-term fan or a recent convert to the game? And why are you a Packers fan? Um, I've probably been like an NFL fan for maybe maybe 20 years. Mm. Uh, and it's maybe about the last 10, 15 years I've been come, sort of become a Packers fan. Uh, and it's all down to Mr. Mr. Favre. Right. Uh, I seen him on the, the telly years ago. Uh, and basically the, the best moment is that's probably when I became a, a Packers fan is when he threw for four touchdowns in uh, December the 22nd, 2003 yeah. Uh, yeah. and it was a, a day after his father died mm-hmm. against the uh, Oakland Raiders yeah. it's, pre- that- it's probably basically just been a done deal since then yeah, I mean that that was a special a special far moment. There were so many, obviously, with 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 that guy, but that was one in particular that I think everybody refers to as being a, a real wow moment for someone to be able to to do that. Um, and obviously, Brett Favre's really, I think, probably pulled in a, a hell of a lot of fans from this this side of the the pond. Um, how do you how do you see our our new Brett, if you like, then our Brett Hundley right now? Um, I think they've got to stick with him. Yeah, uh, we've got to give them a chance. Yeah. So, obviously, there's a there's there's not a great deal after this first week. There's maybe not so many positives to build on, but obviously, going forward in the next few weeks, you think that maybe Brett Hundley can can certainly come good for this team. Um, let's hope so. Um, but as I'm saying, you have you have got to give him a chance. Uh, he's basically been right from the. Basically, taking over from um, Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah. you, you have got to give him a chance. That's that's basically where Aaron Rodgers came from: is taking the, the wins over from Favre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's difficult to compete with. But I mean, I think what we're all used to in Green Bay and from being a Packers fan is is just the glory nation part of it all. So, like a long term fan, I'll. Um, in Scotland, watching the game, pulled in by Favre. Did you ever get a chance to go over and see Favre in his heyday? Or, I mean, because obviously we know that you're in Lambeau because you come over with us. Was that your first time or have you been before or to any away games? No, that's my first time. Nice. And I loved the experience. I would love to do it again. Yeah. And what was it about, like, I mean, because you've been a fan for a long time now. Did it build up to exactly what you thought it was going to be I mean did it fulfill that sort of desire to go over were you underwhelmed by it all overwhelmed by it all well you know was it worth the wait for you oh definitely uh, I would say it was a wee bit underwhelmed to be honest because uh, I thought I might have cried when I got there but I never he's, he's too tough <laughs> so I, I'd have been overwhelmed if, if that was the case that wouldn't but, have um, lived... I... yeah Sorry. that wouldn't have lived up to the tough Scotsman image would he that you were trying to <laughs> oh, portray yeah, definitely. So um, tell us about uh, your favourite moment. I mean, obviously the game would have been a big deal to to have been at the game, but tell us maybe your favourite moment apart from being in that game in Lambeau. There's, there's actually there's quite a, quite a few. Probably drinking Spotted Cow for the first time. 
<laughs> nice. And how many of them and, did you uh, have? Um, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and probably cheese curd as well for the first time as well. I had a couple of cheese curds, so um, probably yeah. spotted cow and cheese curds for the first time. Nice. Nice. Yeah, because that's that's what we found as well. It's mostly about the the booze and food when you go over, and of course we had that free booze and food at the tailgate as well. Uh, met some famous players. Met the Von House. Uh, that was a highlight for me. It was it was good to hear him talk so candidly as well. And I'm sort of dodgy about even re- repeating what he said when we met him, because I don't know. One of the comments seemed very controversial. Like, and I think we should keep that under a hat. Now, obviously, he said it, and someone could have been recording it, but it's not up to me to regurgitate. But look, at we always say this, and uh, we always say it in jest, tongue in cheek. But um, you know, talk to go from one great experience to another. You came over with us, um, but we want to know how the hell did you find us in the first place, Al? Um, I've got my wife to thank for that. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I think she was actually looking for uh, some Packers merchandise for for Christmas or something, and she came across the um, like the UK and Ireland Packers website. Right. So you've got to thank her for that. Happy days. Oh well, we do. And what did she get you for Christmas that year? Uh, I can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been too good. Was it a Packers jersey then? <laughs> uh, I think it was maybe a like a bobble hat or something like that. I, I'm not nice. really sure, to be honest. Nice. Well, that's good. Best ones always stick in the memory, eh, Al? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell us, um, I'm guessing you're a UK and Irish Packers member. Why don't you tell the guys what number you are? Yes, uh, the number is 176. Nice, 176, which gives you a number 76 on your jersey. Mike Daniels, that's nice. All right. I thought it was maybe my age. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. You've got plenty more Packers trips than you yet, Aldo. Yeah, let's hope so. We've discussed that Al suffers from a young face syndrome. You look at him and you're thinking he's probably in his early 30s, but the hoover is about, I don't know, we won't won't release your age, Al. Uh, You know what I mean? We, We won't do that to you. Uh, but you've got a you've got a son. Actually, your son, I believe, is seventeen. Last question: Have you made him a Packers fan yet? Is he convertible? I don't know. He doesn't actually like sports, to be honest. Um, he likes like basketball and that, but um, he's, he has actually been to a, an NFL game. It was actually in London. Yeah. Uh, the whole family went, and it was actually Minnesota Vikings um, against Pittsburgh Steelers in two thousand and twelve at London. Yeah. Nice. So um, I would probably say well, I've, my wife's converted. She's a she's an Aaron Rodgers fan and a Packers fan, <laughs> and that's only because I've I've basically got in, got her into it. To be honest, that's how to do it. You've got oh. to pimp out the players, don't you? Like top toddy, right? <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Ryan's into it as well. Clay Matthews, bum. Well, Al, uh, cheers for coming on, buddy. It was great to have you on as fan of the week. Uh, you're a sound chap. Thanks a lot, Paul. Well, uh, there's for the Americans. We would love to put that on as video form, Ryan. Wouldn't we to have little uh, sort of subtitles? Yeah. If you're used to me, you're used to... I don't know. know he's, he's easier to understand than you are, quite frankly. Yeah. Or anyone from Leeds. So, just a little dick there, because we know we've got just loads of fans from Leeds. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, so, look, let's... let's. We have a clown of the week this week. Um, that's something that disgusted me. But instead of just making the podcast just a big bundle of negativity or, you know, ranting and trying to tell people how they should feel about stuff, um, let's just break the game down maybe a little bit more and properly preview it uh, when our bloods aren't boiling to a degree. So 
I'm just going to hit you with some f- quick game observations that I had. So Aaron Jones, obviously balling out. Seven, as we said Ooh. in the sort of mini round, 7.7 yards per carry. Uh, the plays up the middle were working. That showed me, Ryan, as well, that our O-line are capable of breaking open those lanes. And obviously that's what they had worked on um, in that week. So I think we expected them, right, to be working on Hundley and to tell him what to do and to devise a game plan and to look at the Saints and where their weaknesses were and just keep hitting them with the same play. Um, but obviously what they were working on as well, which was expected, is to lean heavily on the run game. But that one play up the middle, that mm-hmm. worked time and time again. It did. Um, and it forces us to now develop a run game, which is going to be a positive. And if you keep Aaron Jones around next year and there's no reason why we wouldn't right now, then you know when everything's back in place, you've suddenly got a run game. You know, the Green Bay Packers can now convince themselves they can run the football. Because necessity is the, you know, what you need and all these things. So I was going to rip into that. Necessity is the best form of phrase. Um, but it is. It's the fact that we never had to have a run game. Yeah. And the Packers always said, oh, we're going to focus on the run game. But at the back of it all, they're like, yeah, well, why do we need to? And then Aaron Rodgers would be superhuman. So that was great. So as you said, this will force the Packers to legit have to have a run game. Um, you know, it's like the person who lives at home and says, yeah, I can cook. I, I'm a fine cook. But then their mom does everything. But you go off to college, um, you know, you, you lead the hind legs off on a, off a horse. Um, and then you come back, you lead everything. You can cook everything and you eventually grow up. You so, Sometimes you need to take off those training wheels and, and just do it. So hopefully, again, Aaron Rodgers does come back. We'll have a run game. But I want to address this as well. So a report, a very misleading report came out during the week. It's more about the phrasing. And this is exactly why the media gets stick for it. And this is why I'm happy we're not a media organization, that we're a fan group who, you know, dabble in a successful podcast. Is because they came out and said that Aaron Rodgers can begin throwing again in six weeks. So first off, um, everyone became a doctor. That's number one. So congratulations to everybody out there who now has uh, their MD. So that's fantastic. Hopefully your wages go up and you're able to treat your family after choking at the dinner table. Uh, You know, ace to you. But... It says that he can start throwing after six weeks. It doesn't mean he could come back after six weeks. He's been placed on IOR, so there's restrictions there that he can only come back in a certain games week. So that's at the very end of the season. Um, I believe week 17 is the earliest that people have said. Yeah. Um, so is he going to come back in week 17? Well, it all depends if the season is on the line. We've seen him do it against the Bears before. And, yeah, and I suppose that's the thing that like, you just slightly touched on there. He can come back and start throwing but that doesn't mean necessarily he's going to be going game ready. I mean, throwing it around no. it on the practice field with no pads on is one thing. Going into a game and throwing it with, you know, whoever it is that we're facing in week 17, coming down and breathing down your neck and trying to smash you into the floor is different. And of course, you know, if if we if we get to game 17 and Brett Hundley's got us in a position where we need to win to get into the playoffs, then Brett Hundley's been doing his job from the position we're in right now, yeah? Yeah. I mean, if we get to week 17 and we still have a chance to go to the playoffs, then we're happy with how Brett Hundley's been going, surely. So I think you you wouldn't take the risk in putting Aaron Rodgers in. You just continue to play out the season. Yeah, it, it all depends. I mean, I don't know whether you have A-Rod on the sideline if he is healthy. And, and obviously, if the medical staff approve him to play, it's not approving to play. But if he gets a hit, well, then he's down and you're screwed again. Yeah, You know, he'll have to be fully passed to get out. So, yeah, look... Everyone needs to sort of calm down. Aaron Rodgers just take for granted that he's probably not going to come back uh, this season at all. Really depending on whether we're you know in the running or not. So I mean, back to the game. I saw some good stuff early from King. Some good stuff early from uh, Mike Daniels and throughout the game. Clinton Dix made some good hits, but I noticed that Dix seems to be supporting King and giving him sort of you know that help in the secondary, and it doesn't seem to be working throughout the game a little bit. I think if there's 
because everyone wants us to criticize the team they want us to criticize the coaching staff and brett hundley they want us to criticize ty and tell him that he's lost the starting job they want to call all our defensive players trash um but looking at it objectively um we're again we're against a good offense but i can see deficiencies with king and like i put it out there last night to say king has had a shocker in this game and you either get no he hasn't and then you have to show the person listen he hasn't tapped the receiver down one of those resulted in a first down when if you tap them down um you know they're down i think it was probably going to be fourth down now if someone's gone out there is going to correct me i think it would have been fourth down i would have put them into a hairy position now they converted a fourth down because we didn't really get much pass rush which we said earlier in the rant was because of their o-line um, so maybe they would have went for it on fourth down who knows but you know you can't mm-hmm. second guess it at this stage um if you take a look at the interceptions another thing that i sort of have written down here from watching the game ryan demarius randall's pick um it was nice i don't know like do you think it's not like and again i don't want to be negative i think house made a good play um but i think that ball shouldn't have been thrown and similarly yeah I, th- I think drew Brees should never have made that play to randall because he threw it to if he would have thrown it the opposite side randall would have got smoked but it was good man coverage and i suppose that's all we can ask us to be in a position yeah, to he, make can a only, he can only do his job that he's asked to do in that any given moment so you know he did what he had to do he got between ball and the player and and and, and you know made a play on it and, and and looked good um i think the problem is with the secondary that is that is where our weakness is as a team and we know that and like, like i said earlier you know we're not we're not naive there are weaknesses in this team obviously um, I think the secondary has enough good individuals, but it's just a disjointed secondary, if that makes sense. Um, I know that sounds like uh, me sitting on the fence, and, and I get that. But but I do think there's good players in there. There's nobody I would just... You know, I wouldn't be saying, let's let's cut the whole of the secondary and go and just restart fresh next year. No, no way. It's just, it needs... It just needs, seems to need more time. And I know at the moment, I guess this season now with Aaron Rodgers being out, this season is the time to get that time together um, to try and get some cohesion there and get everybody working on the same page um, to, to be able to sort of run again for next season to an extent. Um, and I know that directly sort of contradicts what I've been saying about uh, making sure that we don't give up on this season. But you know, likelihood is this season's going to be a bit of a struggle from now on and we have to see if we can surprise ourselves, give these players the time to play together and try and try and get something going for, for maybe the years ahead. It'll be a bit of a bonding experience for them in the sense that they've been coming under fire. But, I mean, we've seen good stuff from, from Josh Jones. Yeah, um, see, he, looks, Kev- he looks nice. I think Kevin King looks nice at times. He's had some games where he's really good. He's had games where he's not really shown up at all. And then, he, you know, he's had some times where he's really not looked good. Ha-Ha continues to be strong. Um, like I said, Josh Jones looks nice. Randall and Rollins have had their struggles, but Kent Bryce has come in and looked really good. Um, yeah. Blake this, Martinez has been a revelation. I, I was, I was just, yeah, I mean, this this is one of the, the breakout players for me this year is Blake Martinez. I mean, go out there and get that number 50 jersey because this guy is looking like something special. The way he's tracking down people out of the backfield or whether it be running with a receiver or running with a tight end, he seems to be able to cover. And then on the run defense as well, he's there too. So, you know, he seems to have all the tools we need in an inside linebacker at a time when we needed somebody to step up at that position. So he's good. There's plenty to still be positive about with this team. I still think back to when we were in Green Bay in week one, what we managed to do against Seattle. Um, and there's been other games this year as well, you know, where we've we've done well or or we've simply done enough now yes we need to do a bit more 
because we don't have that magic behind centre. But it will come together. We will still get wins this season. There's still teams out there now. As you look towards the end of the season, there's plenty of winnable games there. And even our division itself, there's plenty of winnable games in that. I mean, we're still looking at the Detroit Lions, who are Detroit. You're still looking at Chicago, who have a rookie quarterback. And you're still looking at the Minnesota Vikings, who are currently on their third-choice quarterback, who, yes, beat us the other week, you know? But what happened happened, and we maybe weren't fully prepared for it in that game. So I'm still not scared about the competition within our division, and I still think there's games out there we can go and win. So, yeah, if you look at the Lions team, I mean, you know, the the, the Saints-Lions game the previous week, the Saints notched up over 50 points against them. And, you know, we were leading into the fourth quarter. Had certain things went slightly differently for us. Had calls went our way. You never know how stuff might have happened. A few plays that stand out to me was when Josh Jones made that play um, on special teams when Ginn bobbled the ball, which, again, was the second time in the game that he did it, which shows... And one of them was an absolute boomer by Vogel, where he boomed at 60 yards. And, you know, he got it within the 20, and then Ginn dropped it and dived on it. So... He's obviously doing some type of cool spin action. And uh, that's a real positive. The Gunners are getting down there, Janice and um, Josh Jones are all over it. And when they made the tackle, then put in the hit on Gain after he bobbled the ball, I think an awful lot of us were shocked and said, like, really, that's a rule? You know what I mean? Like, you have to make him make a play. But it looked like he went to make a play, and that's when Jones wrapped him up. Uh, but it was fine yeah. that it was a spot so, foul. So, so at the, least. The, the, the ruling on that is that even though he essentially muffed the first catch, he still has to be given a fair chance to make another grab at it to, to secure the catch. And apparently, because Josh Jones hit him in between what they deem was a fair amount of time to get control of that ball, the penalty went against Green Bay. You know, if he'd waited a half a second more... Or, or didn't touch him at all. I mean, he would have bobbled it to the to the other guy that came down anyway. So it's it's a tough one. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty fair by how the rules actually stated. And I love the way all the hipsters come out at the time. And they were, if you look at their tweets, we're like, "Does BF that call is is bull?" And then they come out and they explain the rule, Blandino. And then they're like, "Well, of course, yes, the player has to be." And I'm kind of like, ah, it's, it's, it's one of those, and I get it. It's one of those where you say. Do you know what, if, if, it, if that's against my Green Bay Packers, if that happens to Trevor Davis and he fumbles the ball and somebody comes in and hits him and we didn't get the penalty against him, you'd be pretty you'd be pretty pissed about it. So it's one of those ones where it's a bit like diving in soccer, isn't it? Like as, as much as we all go, no, diving's bad, we don't want it in the game, uh, blah, 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 blah. Actually, if your striker dives and you score a goal to beat Tottenham on Wednesday night in the last five minutes, 1-0, you'll take it all day long as a West Ham fan. But... If somebody dives against you, it's disgraceful. So it's one of them. If it's for your team, then, you know, it's one of them that can go either way, in it? And don't feel bad about not knowing the rule. Josh Jones didn't know it, so relax. No. Uh, so another positive that came out to me was Kenny Clark's blocked extra point. Um, that was brilliant. And if you look at the grades, and again, we're an affiliate of Pro Football Focus, and we have some codes coming for people where you can actually get money off. So it's perfect if you want to do fantasy, and it's also perfect if you want to attack those Trumpites on Twitter. So anyone who comes in and says, actually, they have the seventh best player, and you can just go, listen, I'm going to nip on the PFF oh, no, they don't. and uh, smack the face off you with stats. So that's what you want to do. So we have a few uh, money off codes. But anyway... Apart from that, Kenny Clark had best overall grade, 90 on pro football focus. So he got a hit in two quarterback hurries on 28 pass rush and snaps. But against the run, he was ridiculous. Mike Daniels was similarly ridiculous against the run. So that extra point block from Kenny Clark for me stood out. But also there was a point where he ran um, 
just from sideline to sideline and pushed Kamara, I think, out, um, which was fantastic. And the comms commented commentated at the time and said that it was it was brilliant. And another thing that uh, Pro Football Focus will do for you is it'll sort of show you the grades on the opposite side. So what the other players are getting up to. Uh, Mark Ingram had a massive grade. Ginn Jr. caught all seven of his targets. So he went for 141 yards um, and 101 of those yards were after the catch. Now a player will kill for a 100 yard game and if you're getting 101 yards after the catch, like it's inexcusable, especially since they've highlighted here that he went up against five different Green Bay defenders and bet them for that yardage. When Breeze threw at him, he came down with 180.8 quarterback percentage or quarterback rating, I should say. Um, so, I mean, how you defend against that? And on top of that, Marshawn Lattimore, Lattimore, said that weird. On top of that, Marshawn Lattimore, the cornerback, gave up zero interceptions. So he's currently grading off the charts for pro football focus. He's a rookie. So this is a guy, he's untested. Uh, you know, no one has any game tape on him, but he's looking like one of the top five guys in the game this season so right Brett Hundley had it all up against him you know like we, we were looking at the stats on the preview podcast and said that their cornerbacks were excellent and now we're after seeing that again the guy's legit he's after putting up massive numbers so riddle me this how do you get a quarterback who's been told you know go to his first two reads he's not going to have any options in there he just has to make play what he can you know he's going to be handing the ball off on I think something like 75% of the plays um, you know how do how does a quarterback like Brett Hundley get anything going when, from what we hear from journalists, that the wide receivers didn't get the separation that was needed? Uh, he's only been given whatever, you know what what was it, pittance in pass attempts, um, and he's been asked to throw short. I mean, how can you criticize the guy? Is that not in the game plan? And is that not what the game plan mm. needs to be in order for us to do the job in the Saints, which we nearly did? Okay, so what he needs quite simply is time. Time time in training, more time with his players. And people say, oh, he's had a week. He needs more than that, as we said earlier, okay? He needs more time with the first team and he needs to build that rapport with the players around him. That will come. We have a bye week now and then there's another week until that game. So that will come. It will come together. The receivers will get open. They did get open. Um, they'll look at the game tape. You know, they'll start finding different ways. I mean, how many... There was a few times last night, for example, we saw reverses going on. You know, with running backs and receivers all getting involved. And, you know, we wouldn't... I, don't, I can't remember this this season where we've seen a reverse, OK? So they're already bringing in plays that suit him. Brett Hundley needs to get back to being the type of quarterback he was at college and be given that freedom to make those decisions. And he will do that the more time he gets um, and, and the more relaxed he feels within this offence. Um, there were signs as well the other night that he was... You know, he's clearly been watching Aaron Rodgers and, and trying to... I guess, emulate the way he did things. For example, he did a hard count and pulled somebody offside on the other side of the ball, didn't he? And we got that free play that went down the right-hand side, I think, yeah. to Jordy Nelson. I might be wrong, but on the right-hand side. Um, you know, and he nearly made a play, and I thought, that that's Aaron Rodgers right there. That That's the kind of thing that he does. You know, so he has learned from him. He will continue to learn from A-Rod, who I imagine will be around him, assisting him in, in, in a coaching role, if you like. Um and with more time on the practice field with those players, they will be a hell of a lot better after the bye week and by that next game. Yeah, and if I think we're real about it here, anybody who sort of looks at Aaron Rodgers' first game when he came in, when Brett Favre left town, it's not comparative. Like, 
it's no secret yeah. that Brett Hundley's going to be a stopgap here. He's not expected to come in and be the future of Green Bay. Um, so he's going to come in, fill a role, do an audition for another team, and probably get traded. I mean, that's how it's going to work, Ryan. So he's playing for his own career. He's playing for another team here. So it's not comparative. And I think that, A, people are looking at the Aaron Rodgers level of play. And if that's all that they know, you know, they're going to criticize him. Yeah. Um, they're looking at one week's prep and criticizing him. And they're also looking at, like, he's the Green Bay quarterback. And I don't know, that might get criticism from people. They might say, oh, well, if he's the quarterback now, well, then he has to play as if this is it, he's the franchise. I get that. But the thing is, is that in reality, everyone knows that he knows that he's not. He's coming in to fill a role. He's been told to protect the ball, um, to do just about what he can. You know, he's not being asked to throw deep. So this is what we're going to get and maybe they might expand the game plan. That's it. That's exactly it. So they had a limited amount of time. They had one week to get this guy prepared to play a game of football. And remember, up until that fourth quarter, we were winning the game. And even in that fourth quarter, we still had a chance to win the game. They did that on one week's work. They focused on a portion of the playbook and they now have two weeks to build on what they saw, saw what worked um, and bring that team together. And it will get better and... I'm going to say it now, we will win the next game. Yeah, and it's not too unbelievable because if Mike McCarthy can go up against one of the best offences in the NFL, in the Saints, um, you know, the defence is balling out. They've got rookies who are grading off the charts. I don't think we did that bad. You know, we have a we have a rookie ourselves in at running back and we're mm-hmm. able to engineer There's uh, running lanes. There's positive about. Yeah, I think so. Um, but come here, I think we'll park it there. And what we'll do is is let's start this thing again. Let's go back into Clown of the Week, but eh? Clown of the Week. Yeah, so it's good to have all the jingles back. Clown of the Week, uh, Ryan, I sent this on to you earlier, and I was appalled by it, to be honest. Like, I just think there's no need for it. So let's do a little quick recap. So Teddy Bridgewater goes down, and... Week went out and said it's terribly sad to see such a young player go down. You know, prayers out to Teddy and all of this. I think we even retweeted some of the Vikings tweets, you know, wishing him well and his recovery and all the rest. Because people are people and, you know, not to get too serious about the whole deal, you know, but it's sad to see a player go down and potentially have his career ruined. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers, our quarterback, we love him. He goes down. Anthony Barr makes what I deem to be a dirty hit. Um, I don't really care that people are coming out saying, oh, he's not a dirty player. Someone actually released something on Twitter, Ryan, and showed Anthony Barr in week 16 or whatever it was, late in the season anyway, uh, last season, and Aaron Rodgers had thrown the ball a good yeah, three, four ball. seconds, and he pulled him down. But, uh, and then, and then he jumped on the bottom of his legs. Yeah, I mean, I saw that one, and the only thing, I, being a player that played defense, and this is going to sound bad, I'm not defending it, but when they slow down the hit that where Aaron Rodgers got injured the other week, they slow it right down and it looks a thousand times worse. And people go, look, the ball's gone. That's one step, two step. But that's happening at such a mile an hour. And you're a big guy and you've got to suddenly whack the brakes on. You know, that's like a juggernaut. You can't stop it on a sixpence. You know what I mean? And then I saw the other one where people are trying to say, look, he is a bad guy because this happened in whatever week of the last season. And then I thought with that one, he's face down on the floor bar. And he just jumps up, sees his legs and goes for it. He's got no idea where the ball is because his face isn't facing up that way. If you've ever put on an American football helmet, you can't look up like the angle he would have needed to see that. Now, 
what do we say? You know, unless you're sure the guy's got the ball in his hand, don't make a play. If one of our guys just laid on the floor and watched and, and, and you know, it was the other way around, we'd be going, well, what are you doing? So I kind of have, I do have some sympathy for the player in both situations because I think the, that's a very unfortunate thing about cameras today is they, they, especially when they slow them down like that, it tells a very different story to what actually happened. You know, if you look at the actual hit itself, people are saying, oh, he's driven him into the floor. I don't think he did. He just he just wrapped him up and landed on top of him. Again, he's a big guy. And Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's a quarterback. He's, he's more slight than that. So, you know, I, th- I think the cameras, unfortunately, told a very different story. I don't know. Like, I know you say that. I, I see the rationale in it, but I, I disagree. Like, I, I see... The thing is, is these players have been playing a long time now. And I think that... Even if you have, like, I don't know, you know, like, what I want to mean by that is, you know, you're playing high school, you're playing college, and then you go into the pro game. So the thing is, is that people keep saying, oh, the game is really fast, it happens, whatever. But at the same time, like, you adjust to that speed. Like, you never get a Formula One driver who's driving the car going, Jesus Christ, you know, you get used to it. And I'm sure driving on the motorway to him is like snail's pace. So I think you get used to that speed of the game and you, you get mm. used to making that quick decisions. And that's what makes a good player and good football HQ, uh, IQ. And I think that when he made that play, he did wrap him up, he did turn him, and he did not. Dr- I'm not going to say drive him to the ground because I don't think he did that either. But I think he made sure that he put him to the ground, even though I think he knew the ball had gone, and I knew that he made sure that he landed on him. Do we but think, I think what do was, we think th- Mike Daniels would have done the exact same thing if it was on Case Keenum on, and then he was making a play on Case Keenum? Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think that justifies it if we say he did. Like, for instance, Clay Matthews made the play on Colin Kaepernick outside of the sideline. That play was funny, but it wasn't right. You know what I mean? And you don't feel as passionate about it because it's Colin Kaepernick for one. Yeah, but I mean, Um, yeah, and you're right. That's that's a hit out of bounds. And I mean, that's quite clearly outside of the rules and there was no need for it. It was brilliant and hilarious and and I'd love to see it again. Um, But I just think the play on the field, and and I know this isn't what this point is. I know we're doing Clown of the Week and we need to get back there quick. I'm just saying... As hard as it is for me as a Packers fan to say it, I don't think there was much wrong with what I saw. Yeah, and that's where I'm sort of saying... And that's where you're saying I think, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. You're just categorically wrong. I t- It's my opinion, but I think what he did was... And you're entitled is, to it. It's he this. was putting in a hit and he was telling Aaron Rodgers early, I'm going to land on you as much as I can in this game and you're not going to have an easy turn of it. So I'm not saying that he's he tried to break his collarbone in seven yeah. places. I'm just saying that he's like, here, you're going down. And I think there is that level of rivalry in that third. Like, these are division rivals. And I think that one where he jumps on his legs, I think he would have known as well. I because he's been in the game that that ball had gone. And that again, know. he was just like, I'm going to go down. And, but anyway, this clown of the week, what it comes down to is, is that... W- Long story, really long we, we, story we short. Really, we really support free speech on this podcast. I think that should be we said. Do, yeah. yeah, it's a very, it's a very American idea. To an opinion. Yeah, um, something that Donald Trump doesn't it's believe. Just, in. It's just you will get told if we don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we have to get we have to get our two cents in. But come here. So we went out and said Teddy Bridgewater that was terrible, and, and we don't like to see any player injured because you know they're players at the end of the day, and as well as that, sometimes when you have good players in your division, um, you know it can raise the level of your game. So. I was on Instagram, you know, we post the Instagram. If you, if you don't follow us there, follow us. You know, we post funny memes and stuff, not at the expense of players getting injured because that's ridiculous. But there's a Vikings account called Skull Bros, S-K-O-L-B-R-O-S. And they got 994 likes on this pic when I looked at it. And I screenshot it and sent it to you and I was like, look at this lark. So someone had a cake made and it's of Anthony Barr walking away, Aaron Rodgers on the ground. And the writing that it says on it is take a break, dot, dot, dot. And 
your man put it up and there was even Vikings fans that were murdering him over it. Again, you get the, the dopes who were saying, oh, hilarious, that's really funny, oh, eat seven of those cakes. But most people were saying, this is dumb. And your man was coming back and trying to defend all the bad comments because he's got his feelings hurt, right? He had a little boo-boo for himself. And someone with a Vikings emoji put up, dude, I cannot believe you didn't expect that there was going to be negative comments on this because this is disgusting behavior. So he's my clown of the week, Ryan. Because I don't care who the player is or how instrumental they are to the to the other team. You don't yeah. want to see a player get injured and you don't make a cake and you don't take the piss out of it. It's just clownish behaviour. Yeah, and I think a little honourable fan of the week mention for those that, uh, that those that dug him out on it from his own team. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, because it's good that, like what you said, I mean, you know, you made a stand, said that you thought that the hit was warranted, yada, yada. It's good to call it as you see it. And um, similarly with this, I'm glad that someone called him out on it because I just, I hate to see that type of crap going on. Uh, but anyway, that's Clown of the Week. So come here, uh, I suppose we'll we'll finish her up. We'll, we'll get into some AOB. We have our 1919 club uh, with yeah. the Jake Ryan football. Starting to fill up now. Jake Ryan football, uh, Johnny Jolly and John Brockington signed pitches. Starting to fill up now. It's, it's getting a good move on. So... Please do that. Get that one done. We can get that drawn. We want to do it because me and Steve want to play with YouTube Live and that's how we're going to do the draw, we hope, uh, to get some more people over there. Um, so help us get it filled. It's £4 a ticket and for that you can win something that's worth uh, quite a bit more. So let's get that one done because then we've got a special 1919 club coming up after that um, and one that we think is going to, going to be for a really good cause and something we think everybody can get behind so let's get this one filled and then get get on to another one and i suppose the other thing to mention is if you haven't bought your dublin tickets yet they're still available so get on and get them bought hey steve yeah so we've over 40 people now that are coming to dublin and we do expect more walk-ins and all the rest but a six quid a ticket uh get two beers for six quid now i'll set you a challenge if you can go to dublin on your own and find a bar where you can get one pipe for six quid. You're doing well. Yeah. So you get to best seat in the house. You get to hang out with 40 Packer fans plus. And you get to um, And we also get free finger food. Yeah. Who doesn't like so, finger food? Yeah. That you eat with your fingers. And your mouths. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be brilliant. And as well as that, the Packers themselves, the organization, are very keen on you know what we do and we like to send them over stuff so yeah. if you're at the manchester meet you got your face pasted all over packers.com yeah. so similarly and um, with the irish meetup i mean they're going to jump all over an irish meet as well hopefully um you know obviously we can't guarantee what they're going to do they are the mothership um and we're very grateful for the support that they give us so we'll we'll send over the pics and uh, hopefully you'll find your mush on packers.com as yeah. well and the other one out there obviously the browns is happening so go on there find those meets you'll find all these on the website at ukpackers.co.uk so you can track that and of course you can always dm us on any of the social networks that we are on and uh we, we we'll get back to you with anything that you might need answering um but the other one on there at the moment and the one that is going quick i think we've now sold combined with the chiefs over 80 tickets mm. there's roughly i think we've got a maximum capacity of 120 on the Super Bowl tickets. And last time we checked, there was around about 30 rooms left uh, for our reserved rooms. So there might be other rooms on top of that, but our reserved rooms that we are guaranteed, there's around about 30 left. So if you're going to do Super Bowl party with us in Sutton Coalfield, which is just outside of Birmingham, 
then you need to jump on that because we are going to start opening that up. And I know there's there's people in Touchdown House who we've we've had at our parties before that are interested in coming along. Um, and there's you know people, for example, that I play American football with are interested in coming along. And we got we are going to have to at some point open those tickets up to those people because you know we do need to sell them just to cover the cost of the party. So if you're thinking about it. Again, if you need to message us, ask us any questions, do that. Um, but if not, and you're just, just being lazy getting around to it, go get them bought. Yeah, so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel because you'll see that segments of the podcast and other fun stuff does be going up there. So we've 120 subscribers, which means that we got our customized Earl. So now if you go to our channel, you can get there by youtube.com forward slash C forward slash UK Packers or just type in UK Packers into the search bar you'll find us and lastly then we have our beanies that went out so we have the slouch beanie and we have the bobble hat and team slouch I got mine Ryan and it is honest to God and we say this and we honest we don't we do not stand behind anything uh, that we don't vouch for ourselves so any type of product that we bring out or promote uh, we make sure that we have one uh, that we pick fabrics and we go through the whole process from scratch and we mean that we're not just some a uh, young one selling perfume, you know, some Britney Spears or whatever. She's probably not a young one now. Um, you know, Christina Aguilera, who just go and a perfume company says, hey, this smells nice. They go, yeah, put my face on it. And then they earn millions. So, you know, we stand behind all of our stuff like all of our teas. And these beanies are sweet. You happy with yeah. yours? Yeah, so I got the slouch. But then as soon as I saw somebody with a picture of the uh, bubble, I'm like, oh, I kind of want a bubble now. So I'm mm. going to have to probably get the second one too. Yeah, so I have the slouch. Unbelievable quality. Uh, the mitzvah's already robbed it, so I'm going to have to get myself a bobble as well for yeah. the winter days rolling in. We've Kenford sold plenty of, uh, plenty of posters as well, so yeah. get on there and get those. They're, they're going hot out the door too. I need to get mine, so that's a message mm. to me as well. But yeah, get yeah. those because they're going to look good in any Packers fan cave. And they look classy too. You might even get away with that in the front room. Oh, you definitely would yeah no, it's real art deco we still don't know if that actually works we'll have to talk to well, the artist Georgina Wesley we do Wesley. know one thing somebody came on and did say that's not Art Nouveau oh, uh, and I was like oh, okay hey well I'm calling it Art Nouveau because it sounds cool well, oh, that's all apparently it's language. not we, got, we definitely got tweeted that it was not so sorry maybe well, it's new let's, let's new just throw another one out there um, it's Baroque that's <laughs> well it's definitely not Barack. Wait, you see, it's actually going to be Barack now. Someone will say, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So have your Barack Payton drink a Baraka. But anyway, we'll we leave it there. So uh, we'll have a special bi week podcast. We're going to add some fun into that one. I so do stay tuned. A, are we going to yeah. finish our team of forever? Whatever we're calling it. All time team. We probably yeah, we need will. to jump on that. Yeah. Over the couple yeah. of pods that we've got in that week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We have some funny stuff coming up as well. We've got some big plans, don't we? We've always got big plans. Mm. Right, so from myself, at NFL on Twitter, from the group account, at UK Packers. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to the website, ukpackers.co.uk. Watch out for those PFF money-off links. And from me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock. We'll see you on the Bye Week podcast, buddies. Nice.